All right, good afternoon and happy Wednesday. We're going to get started with chapter 37 today in True, sort of, by Catherine Hampton. Sunday morning, brewed Kenny's pad was already open as he walked down the drive. He held it up to the boy. G-I-R-A-F-F-E, it read. No touch. Ferris Boyd nodded. Brood's happiness ran him behind the garage. Yes, he hollered into his hands. His fists pumped the air five times before he could begin, and Ferris Boyd whooped him. As soon as he got the E, Brood sprinted toward the boy, trying to get another game before he vanished. But the boy wasn't running away. He was standing in the driveway with his pad flipped again, or flipped open. Again, it read. Brood's teeth flashed bright white. After he got trounced, Brood turned to the house, expecting to see the door slamming for his goodbye. Instead, Ferris Boyd was sitting on the stoop, so Brood walked over. He pointed at an empty spot. The boy nodded. Brood sat down beside him. Brood was used to sitting with someone and not talking. He was used to the other person not talking, too. He liked it. A lot. Because people were always talking at him like it was nothing and wanting him to talk back. But it wasn't nothing to Brood. It was hard, and he hated it. He hated sounding wrong and feeling stupid. That never happened with Ferris Boyd. They sat like that for a long time. In the quiet, Brood could hear the birds. He could see them, too, swooping around the stoop. There's a lot of birds, he thought. And one flew straight at him. Hey, 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 he hollered and ducked. He glanced over at the boy. The bird was perched on Ferris Boyd's shoulder like it lived there. Whoa, Brood breathed. Ferris Boyd and the bird were staring at each other, neither one of them making a sound, but Brood could feel it. Those two were telling each other things. What the, he whispered. The, birds gazed. the bird gazed at Brood and started chirping. It was telling him something too. Brood heard it in his head. My friend, it said. Brood looked at the boy. Mine too, he thought. Ferris Boyd turned to him as if he had talked. The blue eyes were surprised then settled into softness. Mine too, Ferris Boyd told him without saying a word. The blue, the bird flew off, but those two stayed sitting in the warmth of the day and all the things they didn't have to say. Chapter 38. R.B. Pattison had had enough. He had walked home every day with Cletus. He had watched Deli stash things away, then haul them to the school. He had seen her be happy without him. He had given her all kinds of chances to come clean. When's your project going to be done, he asked. For the 122nd time, R.B., she hollered, I don't know. But mostly he missed her. He wanted her back. Monday morning before they left the house, R.B. told Deli, you go ahead and I'll catch up. Then he smiled with just his lips, no teeth showing, which was wrong. Deli was too busy thinking about the hide oasis to notice. She took off. He caught her at the corner. He didn't speak all the way to school. At his classroom door, she started to say, R.B., you better keep walking with but he cut her off. I know. Walk with Cletus. You got your project. That struck Delia strange, but not enough to stop her. See ya, she said. Yes, you will, he smirked. At three o'clock, R.B. ran to Delia's class. He hid beside the garbage can in the hall. He waited till Delia passed him, then he fell in silently behind her. He followed the copper curls as they bounced to the back door. Outside, he saw her sprint toward the pale, skinny girl. He watched them go on together. He could see Delia's arms waving. He could tell she was having a good time with somebody else. You, he whispered to her so far away. You got a friend. He had never been so lonely. Then R.B. tailed them across the playground over the bridge to the river road. Those two were moving so fast they didn't notice the tiny boy tearing after them. Deli was telling how Novello had tried to trap her again. He was dogging me, Ferris Boy, calling me little Deli with that big smelly. So I asked him, do you want Miss Ms. Niederbaum to send you to the steps? Miss Niederbrain, he says, she'll have to grow one first. And there's Miss Niederbaum right behind him. Deli was laughing so hard she had to quit walking. For one second, she was standing in the road. The next second, she was flying. Arby had built up so much speed chasing those two, he couldn't stop himself. He plowed into her. 
The Pattisons bounced off each other like rubber balls. Arby landed on his behind. Deli ate dirt. What the globe, she muttered. She flipped over to see what had slammed her. What the globe, she hollered at him. Arby was stunned, but not sorry. What the globe, he shouted. What the globe, you? They came at each other, yelling so loud their lungs hurt. You're supposed to be with Cletus, and you said you had a project. Still, Deli heard it, a scream without a sound. She turned, and there was Ferris Boyd, eyes bugging and ready to bolt. Stop, Deli told Arby. He followed her gaze to the scared girl and was quiet. Deli only had a moment. Ferris Boyd, she said gently, this is my brother, Arby. The girl's eyes were wild, but she stayed. Sometimes we get mad, Deli explained. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, yes, it does, Arby wanted to wail. It means you lied and left me. But he didn't because of the girl. We hardly ever fight, she went on. I, Deli, didn't want to say it, but she would she would for her friend. I love him. Deli put her arm around his shoulders, and now Arby's eyes were bugging. We're sorry, she said. Ferris Boyd looked from one Patterson to the other. They had the same skin and smallness. There was a softness between them. She relaxed a little, and with Deli's arm around him, the anger ebbed out of Arby. Till she said, Arby's going home now so we can get to our project. I am not going home, he roared. Deli glanced at Ferris Boyd and she was getting skittish again. Well, grommet, Arby, she glared at him. What do you want? I just want, he started, but it was too hard to say because under all the angry, he just wanted her. He turned to Ferris Boyd. I want to come with you, he whispered. In his eyes was all the sadness of knowing, of knowing that even if Deli could be without him, he couldn't be without her. Ferris Boyd saw it. it Deli did too, but she knew two Pattisons would be too much for her friends. So she said, Arby, you can't. She doesn't like people being close and Arby couldn't hear. He and Ferris Boyd were staring at each other, having one of those silent conversations. Then he asked out loud, can I come with you? Ferris Boyd looked deep into him. She nodded once and started walking away. Huh? Deli about dropped over. She said, all right. Arby cheered and went to follow her. Hold it. Deli grabbed him. You got to know the rules. She wasn't going to let him wreck it. Okay, he smiled. First, she doesn't talk. Hmm, he said, because Ferris Boyd had already told him something. And no touching. Arby looked at Deli as if she were teasing. You can't touch her. She goes wild. Okay, he agreed. And what I say goes. He pursed his lips like there was too sour to, it was too sour to swallow. What I say goes, she warned. And Ferris Boyd, he replied. She doesn't talk, she reminded him. Yes, she does, just not like you. Deli couldn't argue with that. All right, then, she said, and they ran to catch up with the girl. Chapter 39. At the old Hennigan place, Deli sat on the stoop. She pointed to the spot beside her. Sit here, she told Arby, so he did. Ferris Boy got the bowl and her ball, and, she came, and the cat came running. At the steps, it stopped and sniffed the air around Arby. That's the ball-grown cat, Deli introduced it. Meow, the cat cried. Arby smiled. Hello, meow, I'm Arby. The cat flicked its tail twice and went to the bowl. Ferris Boyd was dribbling the ball on the drive. She plays basketball, Arby whispered. Every day, Deli groaned. They watched for a while. She plays ball like you spit, Arby told her. Deli nodded. What do you do while she's playing, he asked. Tell stories. What kind of stories? Trouble tales. He just stared at her, so she started. Trouble tale 56. I parachute off the porch roof and get grounded for a month. Maybe it was because Arby was there, or maybe it was because she wasn't just trouble anymore, and it was time to start talking about something else. Whatever it was, Deli couldn't go on. I'll tell a story, Arby jumped in. Arby's story number one, our dog, Tubba. Remember, Deli? Yep, she smiled. How did we get Tubba, he asked her. She was running in the road, and Dallas brought her home. And he named her Tubba because she sounded like a big, loud horn, Arby recalled. Ooh, 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 Deli demonstrated. 
RB giggled and he began, One day, me and Cletus were at the park. Danny Novello and Tater came over to us. Want to try something fun, they asked, and we said, yep. So they took some rope, strung it through our belt loops, and threw it over the bar that holds the swings. They pulled on the rope, so we went up in the air. At first, me and Cletus were laughing because it felt like flying. Then they made us go up on, or up and down so fast our stomachs got sick. Stop, we shouted, but they wouldn't. Cletus was about to throw up when we heard, whoop, 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 Taba, I yelled, and there she was running at us with Deli behind her. Let them go, Deli hollered. Make me, Novello said. So Deli ducked her head and rammed him in the stomach with it. They dropped us then. Come on, she yelled, and we ran to the river. Deli taught us to skip stones. Tubba kept running in the water trying to catch them, remember? Yep, Deli did. They were both grinning. The Pattisons were so busy being happy they didn't notice Ferris Boyd waiting. She put her pad in front of them. Tubba, it read. She was old, RB sighed. She went to sleep on Dallas's bed, Deli rasped, and she didn't wake up. Now they were all sad, and it didn't feel so bad being sad together. Ferris Boyd stared into the woods. She passed her pad to them. Another, it read. RB understood. Tubba tale number two. Tubba gobbles up gal's birthday cake. Deli laughed just hearing the title. Ferris Boyd went back to playing. She only stopped to ask for more. Then RB told, and Deli listened, and she didn't mind. It was good thinking about Tubba instead of trouble. It was good being together. Chapter 40. It was time to go to the woods. Where are we going, Arby asked. To the high oasis, Deli answered. Oh, he said, because he didn't want to seem too little to know what a high oasis was. Arby was in last in line. In the dark of the woods, he got quiet. Deli, he gulped. He didn't say that I'm afraid part. She heard it anyway. Come on, she said, and let him pass her. She grabbed the back of her shirt so he'd know where she know she was there. They got to the giant tree and stopped. Now what, he whispered. Deli looked at the cat and it climbed. Ferris Boyd followed it. Now you, she told him. Th th that's high, he stammered. I'll be behind you, she promised. So he started up. Ferris boy put her head over the edge, showing him where to go. Pull yourself onto the board, Stilly hollered when he reached the top. By the time she got there, he was standing, turning around and around. Wow, he breathed. Ferris boy was in her corner with her book and the cat. It's a hide oasis, he sighed. Ferris Boyd's hide oasis, Stilly told him. She emptied her backpack. She put the sandwiches between them. You got food too, he sang. Deli closed the eye her friend couldn't see. Ma's trying to get me to grow up, but I can't eat it all. Ferris Boyd's helping me out. The eye kept winking. You and I will split this one. Arby couldn't wink, but he blinked five times while he said, okay, I'm full anyway, and patted his belly like Santa Claus. They sat in a circle eating the sandwiches with Arby humming the whole time. When they finished, Deli put on her pack. Where are you going? He asked to get rocks. How come? So if something tries to get us, we have ammunition, she explained. She was halfway down the tree the tree before she realized he wasn't with her. She climbed back up. He was sitting about two feet from Ferris Boyd, taking books out of his bag. RB, come on, Deli commanded. No, thanks, he answered, smiling. Now RB passed and never turned down a chance to tag along with Deli. How about you come with me? She tried again with her teeth clenched. I'm staying with Ferris Boyd, he replied. Deli didn't like it, him being so close to her. She thought about dragging him down the tree, but that might set the girl off. Don't be a a uh, bugger botherer, she warned. I know, he waved. So Deli left. She scoured the woods for stones. She hauled them in her pack, then piled them around the edge of the hide oasis like cannonballs. And she checked on RB. The first trip back, he scooched a little closer to Ferris Boy, but the girl wasn't fussing. So Deli let it go. By the next time, though, there wasn't six inches between them. RB was squinting over at Ferris Boy's book like he might ne need to get next to her. Hey, Deli snarled. He looked up. No touching, she mouthed at him. I know, he mouthed back. Deli needed only one more load of rocks, extra, extra large ones for extra large invaders. I'll go fast, she decided, and scrambled down the ladder. 
It took longer than she had figured. The rocks were so heavy they were pulling her down as she tried to climb the tree. Oof, she groaned as she flopped onto the hide oasis floor. She looked up and then she saw it. Arby Patterson had left his book and was reading Ferris Boyd's. He had his head on her shoulder and, sh and was leaning against her like he lived there. Holy shikes, she breathed. Ferris Boyd wasn't flipping out, though. He must have snuck up slow so she didn't know he's there yet, Deli thought. She had to get him off quick. Deli tried to rise, but the rocks flattened her to the floor, so she slid like a snake with boulders on its back across the floor to snag him. Just then, Ferris Boyd glanced up from her book. She gazed at the boy beside her. It's over, Deli gurgled. But Ferris Boyd's eyes didn't go wild. They rested on Arby's face. He looked up at her and smiled. Then they both went back to the book, and Deli didn't even whisper, What the glub? She wouldn't wreck it. Finally, she got the pack off her back. Quietly, she piled the rocks where they read. Then she sat across from them, watching the peacefulness. All right, chapter 41. When the whistle blew, Deli said softly, RB, we got to go. He crawled to the edge of the hide oasis. That's a long way down, he gasped. I'll go first, she told him. One Patterson, then the other, climbed on the ladder. Ferris Boyd stayed at the top of it, and Deli could feel her telling him things without talking. When they got to the bottom, she was gone. That's when Deli grabbed R.B. by the shirt and shook him. Why were you touching Ferris Boyd, she barked. I wasn't, he replied. You were leaning against her. I know. Touching is this. He took his finger and poked her with it. I didn't do that. Jiminy Fipes, she growled, but she couldn't stay mad. He had gotten Ferris Boyd to let somebody near her. We got to run, she ordered, so they did. They were on the bridge when Deli slammed to a stop. Shikes, she howled. Nobody knows where you were. Clarice would be calling the police. We're dead, she groaned. Arby pulled up beside her. No, we're not. I told Ma I'd be with you, he grinned, helping with your project. When'd you do that? This morning after I said, go ahead. Deli was impressed with his sneakiness, but now she needed to tell him he couldn't come again. She couldn't risk it. Hey, Arby, and Arby interrupted her. Deli, he declared. I love you too. He shot it like a giant love bull bullet straight into her heart. It blew her heart up. It blew the words for keeping him away out of her mouth. Shikes was all she could say. Then Arby was running again. Come on, he hollered. So she did. As soon as Clarice got home, Arby told her, Ma, I'm working on Deli's project every day now. Oh, yeah? When's this project going to be done? She asked Deli, but Arby answered, Don't know. Might be a long time. That's all right with your teacher, she wondered. They both nodded because Ferris Boyd was teaching them things. And Clarice Patterson, hearing Montana wail, Ma, the washer's bubbling over. Let it go at that. All right, let's see here. And the very last chapter I'll read for today is chapter 42. Tuesday at 3 o'clock, Arby raced to the back of the school. Hey, he greeted the girls and held the door for them. Jiminy Fipes, Silly mumbled, but she liked it. At the old Honeyman place, Arby told Tubba Tales while Ferris Boyd played ball. Deli and the cat listened with their mouths curling. And in the hide oasis, when Deli brought out three peanut butter sandwiches, Arby got something out of his pack too, a jar, a jar of marshmallow fluff. He had set it between them. Shikes, Deli oogled it. Where'd you get that? Because Clarice didn't keep it in the house. I bought it with my birthday money, he answered. For us? He smiled and nodded like he'd given her Christmas. Deli felt a banging in her chest. It was pride thumping through her. What do you want to do with it, she asked, because it was his. Put it on the sandwiches, he sang. She opened them up and set the slices in front of him. He took a spoon from his bag. He dropped a big glob of fluff on each slice. When he put the bread back together, the fluff squeezed out to the crust. Sweet cloud sandwiches, Deli sighed. Arby passed them around. Deli smacked her lips like she had kissed, had, like she had kissed hers. Ferris Boyd's eyes were wide with wonder. 
One, two, three, Arby called out. All together, they bit into the fluffy deliciousness. Mmm, the Pattisons hummed and gobbled. But Ferris Boyd took tiny bites. She chewed and chewed like she didn't want the taste to leave her tongue. Hey, R.B., Deli asked when they were done. What are you going to do with the rest of that? Because there was half a jar left. He thought about it, then he grinned. Put out your hands. So they did. He plucked giant globs of fluff onto their palms. They licked it till it was gone. It left their skin sticky. Then R.B. and Ferris Boyd lay down with their fluffy filled bellies in the air. Deli went to the ladder. Where are you going? He asked sleepily. To get sticks. For what? Spears, she told him. Hmm, he nodded off. Deli clambered down the ladder. When she gathered enough long, skinny branches, she hauled them up the tree and stacked them in a corner of the hide oasis. She woke Arby at the whistle. Shh, she whispered. They laid the blanket over Ferris Boyd and tiptoed to the ladder. Walking down the river road, Deli still had fluff stuck to her teeth. Every time she got a taste, the pride started thumping again. It wouldn't stop She till she told him. Arby, she asked. Huh, you did good. Thanks, Del. He smiled and he set his fluff sticky hands in hers. And they went on like that, stuck to each other with spit and sweet deliciousness. And that is where we will end for today. Thanks for listening, guys.